0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL week four, we're making picks. We have some insight. Let's get it moving. You're listening to Sean and Brad as usual on the Get Paid Podcast. How you doing, Brad?
1: Good brother.
0: Week four has got
1: some fantastic matchups. Very yeah, I would, interesting.
0: Say, I would say like week three to me was like a lot. And then we got another um, few matchups here that are really good. But now we're starting to get like the good teams that are like one and two. And then, so it's like, the, the, you know, they got to get things going. They got to get on the board.
1: Yeah, they got to turn it around.
0: Yeah, we just got a nice Monday night football game. Although kind of the, the Chiefs were in control that game, um, you know, pretty much all night. And uh, I'm not shocked by that. Um. It. It. But then again, I wouldn't have been shocked if Baltimore was con- in control the whole time. But right. you know, everybody's kind of like thinking about this is what happens. It happens every single year. You know, the top dogs who are the Chiefs. You know, they won Super Bowl champions. They've still won dating back to last season. Was this now? They're three and zero. They won the last six and then the playoffs. So they're twelve and zero out of their last twelve. But right. everybody wants to talk about somebody else being the number one team. I don't know why we always do this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's more in- interesting. Creates more intrigue. Yeah. Um, but it's clear that they're they're the number one on the board for sure. Well,
0: for sure. and to me, like I, I thought, Baltimore. You know, they they put up some points to kind of. I don't want to say close the gap because again, I don't really think it was much of a game. But it's it's you know we know the chink in the armor, of Baltimore. It's if you get up on a two score lead with them. Um, early in the game, it takes them out of what they want to do, which is run sure. and ball control. And sure. and Baltimore's well-coached. And even two scores, you can still play your game plan. But if it's getting late and Lamar Jackson's got to like pinpoint pass, I don't mind him. I think he's better than he was last year. But you still get to the situation where you basically have Miles Boykin – and Willie Snead as your second and third receivers, and you need better than that, and you can't right, hit Mark right. Andrews over the middle of the field because you can't keep <clears> the <throat> clock moving. So you got to go to the outsides. You got to pinpoint, and then Marquise Brown, you can basically bracket him in in uh, cover two coverage. Who I like Marquise Brown quite a bit, but Baltimore is easily more easily neutralized when they're down late. They are,
1: they are right. They're not as powerful as Kansas City,
0: and and that's the key. So to me, and again, my preseason um, Super Bowl uh, matchup was seattle versus kansas city because i look at the two right. teams which two teams can score points in a snap of a finger i mean it's kansas city and it's seattle and i like quite a bit i like tennessee i like the brand of ball they play i like vegas yeah. i like the brand of ball they play but if they're down two scores with five minutes left i'm sorry josh jacobs Derek henry you're not taking over the game ryan tannehill yeah. Yeah. Derek carr you pushing the ball downfield you know, you go 11-5.
1: They look different, don't you think, when you Absolutely. watch them? They just look different. They're, their receivers are so fast. And none of them are like, at least by my eyes, they're not prototypical wide receivers. They're all really small guys. You know, Tyree Hill must be what, 5, 10?
0: <laughs> He's not a you big know? guy. He's not. He is
1: not a big guy. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter. That's the crazy thing. He's just, all those guys are beating everybody to the point. Yeah. And Mahomes puts it right there. He does, and you know we.
0: Have, so Brad and I have all the lines, of course. You know, Bavada Sportsbook, we got all the lines, and we're kind of ready to go here. Um, I mean, it's just an interesting. It's just an interesting team, this Kansas City Chiefs, and I say this like they have speed everywhere. They have Mahomes, everywhere. who's a baller, and they have Andy Reid, who's a tactician. I mean, he's just a uh, like a like a a strategy genius, a strategic genius, a strategery genius, and. Yeah. You know that's like, I mean, you got Kansas City facing off against New England this week, which we'll talk about later. Great matchup, great Great matchup, matchup because you got talent everywhere on both sides of the ball. You got both teams playing smart ball. At this point, I still give um, you know a little bit of an edge because usually I'd give the, the the strategy edge to Bill Belichick, but. Andy Reid it neutralizes that. It's like the two of them are the, the smartest two head coaches in the league, so I'd love it, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, let's go in. So we're going to be talking today about the, like I said, um, the New England Patriots, Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills versus the Las Vegas Raiders, Cleveland Browns versus Dallas Cowboys, Indianapolis Colts versus Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings versus Houston Texans, maybe the most interesting matchup of 0-3 teams of our lifetime, Brad. And Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. So, we're going to talk about all the, those games and then we'll clean it up and um, the back half of the podcast and, and go through everyone and make picks. By the way, Brad, I caught up a little bit this week um, in terms of our overall thing. I think basically all the, the between the computer picks, me, you. And uh, David, who who does the other podcast with us and makes picks, I think we're all basically within a game of each other now. Three cool. three weeks into the season, as usual, I started about fifty percent through the first two weeks of the year. I mean, that's just what I do. And then I, get, over time, I've been progressively getting better um, throughout Are we the, rest all over of the
1: year. Five hundred. I want to know that. What's that? are we over 500 the three of us? Oh
0: yeah, we are. Um wow. I you know we we all had a pretty good week. I just had a better week than you and David did. Um, and uh Rocco Botten basically Rocco Bot and, and and I crapped the bed last week. But again, it's it's week 2. Week 1, week 2, it's always a struggle for us because we sure. use a lot of in-season analytics. So you get all these weird things that happen, you know, during the first two weeks of the, of the year that skews the data. So, I mean, now would you ever have thought Minnesota would be 0 and 3? Right? No, I, mean, I wouldn't have thought that. I honestly, I would have given you one and two, but zero oh and three, I wouldn't have thought that. Houston, no I wouldn't have thought that either. Although, right? if, had you would I have thought looked, they would
1: have pulled out one of those.
0: But had I looked at their schedule before the year, I, I, I think I actually would have picked against Houston. I think I might have. Um, and look at that schedule; it's the brutal. toughest
1: three games to start with.
0: They start yeah, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh. The only reason all three of those teams aren't three and zero is because two of them, Baltimore, Kansas City, played. Yeah, night.
1: I mean, you got to figure that their schedule lightens up as we go, right? I mean, yeah. they must have a Jets, a Jaguars. It's They've got to have a stretch where they could easily go 5-1. and one.
0: Th- There's a problem, though, with the Texans. Is As bad as that opening stretch was, they still have four games against the Titans and the Colts, respectively, who I think are yeah. pretty good teams. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the schedule definitely lightens, but it might be a tough year for Houston. Um, I mean, it certainly uh, has been so far. I mean,
1: has anybody made the playoffs starting 0-3? Has that ever happened?
0: I think it has, but it's very rare. Like maybe, like I'm talking, like one or two teams. Yeah, maybe once or twice, yep. if ever. Yeah, I mean, the, the statistics on 0 and 2 are pretty damning. 0 and 3 is a, is is that's a spicy meatball, man. It's a tough one to do. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about Houston, Minnesota, since we are kind of getting there. So, Minnesota, um, the, Vic- the Minnesota Vikings versus Houston Texans here. Interesting to me. Um, it, you know, look, the first two weeks, I forgot who Minnesota. I know they played Green Bay. I forgot who they got in week two. Was it? Um, I know they played Tennessee last week. I forgot who they got, but either way, I mean, the first two weeks they were having a trouble getting the running game going. I think last week against the Titans, they finally got it going. Um, teams are keying in on Adam Thielen, but Justin Jefferson, that rookie receiver, basically when you look at it, although it didn't work out this way, but it was basically you trade the Stephon Diggs for the Bills' first-round pick. They use that first-round pick on Justin Jefferson. So they trade Stephon Diggs, who's balling out in Buffalo right now, Um, for the right to pick Justin Jefferson. I don't, and I said at the time, I don't love that move for present day value, but future value, I, I get it. Um, Diggs, you know, he was kind of a locker room distraction last year. There was are they going to trade him? He
1: wasn't, he wasn't. Right? Was he the worst you ever saw? I mean, what was the problem? He wasn't the, the worst,
0: way, but you know how football coaches are, man. They just they just don't like that stuff. They don't like for wide sure, receivers. and it's,
1: it's not good for morale. It's not good for the locker room. By the way, the Vikings played the Colts in week two. Ah, there you go. Lost, and I like the lost. Colts quite a bit. The, they the Vikings lost have had.
0: I wouldn't say it's Houston Texans level, but they got jobbed by this goal, too.
1: Yeah, they've had a tough road of it, man. They really have.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but they got the Colts after a loss, after, in my opinion, a bad loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, the Colts were coming out. Their defense is good. Their offense is better than last year. So the Minnesota Vikings, Houston Texans, I keep saying this, and even fans of their own fan bases when they see this on YouTube or whatever, they'll comment and say, ah, our team sucks. I don't think their teams suck. I really don't, which is why we're talking about this matchup.
1: I don't think they suck. Look, the first five games, they had Packers, Colts, Titans, Mm -hmm. Texans, Seahawks. (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a brutal one, too. It's not Houston-esque, but it's it's brutal
0: enough. And and remember, too, Minnesota, and this isn't, again, it's not a shock to me because we've been talking about this in the offseason. Minnesota, in addition to losing Diggs, which you were like, you were up, more up in arms than I was about the loss of Diggs. I thought the offense would be fine the first two weeks. They didn't look great. Uh, but again, they were playing some t- stiff competition. Like Green Bay's sure. defense is better than you think, even though they gave up a lot of points to right. um, Minnesota. A lot of those were in garbage time. New Orleans you know, is New Orleans.
1: Yeah, go ahead. You know, you know why I thought it was a big deal for them because I don't think Kirk Cousins is that quarterback that makes everybody yeah. else better. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good when he has weapons. Yeah, I agree. that's the type of guy he is.
0: He's a distributor. I think he's, if we're to do a quarterback rankings, um, we do it from time to time, just kind of, we play the would you rather, would you rather have this quarterback or this quarterback? Kirk Cousins for both of us is not in the upper echelon. I don't think anybody would make the argument. I don't think Minnesota would make the argument at this point. But when he has weapons, he can distribute well. And what I liked last season was, you know, he he played better in the big spots, which is something new for him. He always kind of shrunk in those big moments in the national TV games and that. And like, you know, Got to win to get in the playoffs. Back for Washington, back in the day, he you know he didn't always do that, but he 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 grew. But Minnesota's defense has a lot of new parts, yeah, and right. I, I this is supposed to be the strength of the team, and they're well coached. And so what I've said all along, Brad, even like the week before the season, I said, look, this defense is going to take time. Green Bay will be better than Minnesota to start the year. And then I thought that Minnesota at the end of the year would be better than Green Bay, although I'm, I'm walking that back at this point.
1: I think Green Bay's sure. the real deal. I, I love sure. what Lafleur is doing in Green Bay. Me too. Um, Me too. It looks uh, creative. It looks on point. They're flowing, mm-hmm. hitting different guys deep, short. Sure, it's it's all working. And I didn't think he was creative last year, Lafleur. So I, I like the next step.
0: You know, this this season two, this progression of the offense. I like a lot more what they're doing. Maybe they're, there's a little bit of mind meld between him and and Aaron Rodgers Maybe. and this yeah. weird yeah. pan. Skype you know season they spent a lot of time together more than they probably honestly usually would um just on Skype and so anyway Minnesota I don't think they're a bad team I did predict that they would make the playoffs although 0-3 in the NFC it's super deep I don't think that they can make the playoffs at this point especially that's
1: a tough hole man and and, and in their own division uh, Chicago's 3-0 3-0 and they
0: finally made that trade that move to Foles, um right at this point, I think Chicago, if they stick with Foles, you're going to get some ups and downs with Foles. Um, I don't think he's the answer either. You're going to get some Jekyll and Hyde with him. We say that he's more Ryan Fitzpatrick than he is even a Jared Goff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he'll, get you, he'll get you some balls-out games. He doesn't shrink in the big moment, but sometimes he just has brain farts. And so that's what For you sure. get with Foles, man. But, right. yeah, I, I would say Minnesota at this point is my third favorite team in the division. Um and I don't think that's good enough to get you in this year. There's too many good teams in the West. Dude, that whole that whole that NFC West is baller, man. Yeah, and
1: that West is something else.
0: Ooh, yeah. Staff. San Francisco half their teams injured for the second year in a row and they're three or they're two and one. <laughs>
1: Right, and they beat the crap out of a, you know, the, the I think it was the Jets, right?
0: Yeah, they beat the G- Jets and the Giants, so nothing, yeah. you know, the opponents, it's basically Nothing to the,
1: write home about, but they're still winning, decidedly. Decidedly, that does say something. That does yeah, say that something. something, no matter who you're playing in the NFL.
0: And they get the struggling Eagles this week, too. So they could be 3-1 and one going through these nasty, nasty injury stretches. So unlike these two teams, the Minnesota Vikings and Houston Texans, the schedule's been kind, to the San Francisco 49ers. But let's look at Houston for a little bit. Houston, to me, Pittsburgh, look, that game was kind of out there for them to win. I ended up getting – that was one of the games I got right last week against the spread, and it was about what I thought it would be. I mean, it was kind of back and forth. Both teams had opportunities. Will Fuller played. That always makes a difference for Houston. But, you know, trading DeAndre Hopkins, this is the game of of two teams that should never have traded their top receiver. Sure. Um, Sure. DeAndre Hopkins, to me, like, I understand the Minnesota situation because he wasn't public, Stephon Diggs. He didn't come out. He wasn't like a major distraction, but you knew behind the scenes there was grumbling and Minnesota was getting annoyed with him and they trade him. And you generally don't pay a receiver, and I don't disagree with that. And Stephon Diggs had money. He wanted more money. They got rid of him. Okay. Houston is, and DeAndre Hopkins, that's the one receiver in the league. Maybe one of two, but probably the one of one receiver that every time he asked for a raise, I'd give it to him. Yeah,
1: right, right. He he wasn't a locker room problem. He seemed like a good guy. He carried that team a lot. He did. He was the man. It's it's almost the same situation. These two teams struggling for letting their their best player go. Yeah, Houston,
0: I'm sorry. If they had DeAndre Hopkins, they would have won that game last week. They would have. And I think you could make an argument they would have been – in the game more against the Houston Texans to begin the year, you know, losing him—he's the one receiver in the league when they were playing with like T.J. Yates and that ex-Pittsburgh sure. quarterback. I can't even remember his name. The guy was still putting up 150 yard and two touchdown games. Almost he's the, unstoppable. He's the only receiver I've seen in the last decade that you take your starting quarterback out, who's baller, and you place you place him with garbage. And he still puts up as good in numbers. Like, his numbers don't decline because he's that good of a receiver. So to me, when he's going to management and he's saying, I want to raise, like, he wasn't doing the Terrell Owens crunches in the driveway and curls in front of the press thing. He's just like, I want to raise. He deserved it. Yeah, he absolutely deserved it. And so this is what happens when you get cheap on people. Yeah. And I think it was bad. I think it was bad. I think if there was a general manager there and it wasn't the head coach, general manager combo of of, uh, O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. Murphy. Yeah, Bill Burr. Oh, Murphy. Oh, Hallehan. O'Brien and and Murphy. (laughs) So if it wasn't that combo, I think they would have gotten something done. Trading him, Deshaun Watson, like he's he's still an awesome quarterback. He's still distributing the ball. He's still got Will Fuller. Um, Randall Cobb, you know, gave gave you a touchdown last week. But trading DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round pick and David Johnson, who's on the tail end of his career, they were just trying to get rid of Hopkins because they didn't like the attitude. That's what it came down to. And that's what was happening with the New York Jets. You can't get along yeah. with people and you trade them out and then the, the the wheels come off. And in the NFL, the competition is so fierce and you got a better Indianapolis team and you got a Tennessee team who I think is the real deal. Um, although There's something else. Yeah. I like them a lot. So yeah. again, Houston and Minnesota to me dropped to third in these divisions. I don't think they're bad teams, but Stephon Diggs, um, Deandre Hopkins makes all the difference
1: for these teams and it has, it has yeah. Minnesota yeah. would have won last week if they had Diggs, Right. And it, you know, it's tough to know. I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder exactly what you get with Deshaun Watson. Like, who is he? Is he, is he more Kirk cousins? Like, does he lean that way? Or is he more, um, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes? Like where along the scale do we find that guy? And it's odd because he's been in the league for a couple of years now, yeah. what two or three? And, and I still don't even really know.
0: Yeah, I guess this would be his third year because Mahomes. He came in the Mahomes year.
1: So I'm sorry, his he's fourth dynamic. year. He's, he's played dynamic. He's dynamic. But the, but the thing is, is that he's not he's not necessarily a winner. To this point, he hasn't had a whole lot of success.
0: I give him the benefit of the doubt there because he's won everywhere he's been prior to this. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think the organization has failed him, and getting rid of Hopkins is another thing. That's just like, why are you making it so hard on this guy? because he's a really good quarterback but who does he have to throw to? He's got Brandon Cooks. He's got yeah. Randall Cobb and Will Fuller who I'm sorry he's injured every single game. If he's not if he's playing, he's still banged up.
1: Yeah. And David you know, and, Johnson and Randall Cobb, he's great, but he was a really good number 2 6 years ago, right? Right. So, right. so what are you really getting from that guy, you know? Exactly. Got, you can't have more than a year or two left.
0: Yeah, and and you look at Patrick Mahomes, what the Chiefs have done. You know, these sur- you surround him with superior coaching, and um, you know they make a, and they make a concerted effort to get him weapons everywhere they can. Um, sure. That's what Green Bay, by exactly the way, right. used to do with Aaron Rodgers back in Randall Cobb's heyday. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, what have they done? They they gave him the contract. You get DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who who as a combo, I'd put them Fantastic. against any other two combo Fantastic wide receivers. Combo. And DK yeah. Metcalf is going to be a star for years in this league. He's just built physically. Houston's just doing the opposite. What are they doing for him? They're not uh, yeah, doing I don't anything.
1: Know what the, I, yeah, I don't know what that is. It's kind of odd.
0: Yeah, I, I, you got your quarterback finally, and then you get rid of all the I weapons. Know. I know. For years, Bizarre. they had weapons and no quarterback. Now they have the quarterback and no weapons. What's going on there? Right? It's crazy. And now
1: this is the result, 0-3. No. Not even really competing. I don't think the games were that close. Do you? Um, Pittsburgh was. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was.
0: Pittsburgh was
1: closer, but it felt like that maybe pittsburgh had it you know was in
0: control of it well they were down for a while but once they got the lead it was over like once the momentum shifted they didn't have any counter let me hit you with the line here um you gotta find it on my sheet where are you where are you okay so Bavada has minnesota plus four against houston and you know to
1: me this is a coin flip game but um i think this is gonna be a bad 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 year for minnesota i'm gonna take houston get on the board you know, Houston, I like Houston. I like
0: Houston, but four points? Man, I can't give any more than a field goal. Minnesota showed some signs of life. Finally, the offense gets going. You know, everybody was like say, okay, Justin Jefferson, let's see if he can beat us, and he did last week. Let's see if he can do it two weeks in a row. Um yeah, for me it is kind of a coin flip game, but I feel like it's a field goal game. So I'm just gonna take yeah. Minnesota here. You'll you know, take...
1: Minnesota is not inept, right? They're right. not a dumpster fire. They can compete. But they're definitely missing that one punch that makes them dominant. Yeah. And
0: maybe they'll get that if the, if when the defense, because I think it's a win, when the defense gets better for Minnesota. All right, Brad, so let's move it on to Indianapolis Colts versus the Chicago Bears. Another battle, by the way, of the AFC South and NFC North this week. Well, I wanted to talk about this game uh, because, you know, Indianapolis, um, I'm not seeing here anything that I wasn't expecting to see in the season. Uh, Phillip Rivers... Is a significant upgrade in the passing game to yep. what Jacoby Brissett was last year. I felt the charge, um, the the Colts last year were um, were a team that could have made the playoffs if they had better quarterback play. Their defense is nasty. Their offense has more talent than you think. You add Jonathan Taylor, who I think is going to be another decade long star in this league. Um, I liked Paris Campbell, although he's gone uh, now. Indianapolis's wide receivers and tight ends keep getting hurt. You know, change, change the record. I mean, it happens every year. Um, at sure. this point, we just got to expect it. T.Y. Hilton's he's healthy now, but he's going to be banged up against T.Y. Hilton. But Phillip Rivers, in this offense, experience with Frank Reich as a coordinator, understands the concepts of the system. He's throwing for chunky yardage, throwing a couple interceptions again. It's kind of what I expect. Chicago now, mm. to me, is interesting. Mm, because very interesting. Finally, finally they move on from Mitch Trubisky, which I was shocked— well,
1: It's funny you say move on because I don't know if that's what it is. Maybe it's just a a minor replacement, you know, for a couple games. Who knows? Yeah,
0: I mean, you're right. They could go back. I, I, I sincerely hope for Chicago fans they don't do the quarterback controversy for the rest of the year. Well, you know
1: what's odd about football is if, if in a baseball game the pitcher starts playing like duty you know in the sixth inning they pull him and put in a fresh guy but for some reason that's not the case in the nfl and why can't it be you know the quarterback's having a rough day put in the other guy i mean what, what what's wrong with that i know it sounds weird and I'm not i don't saying that's i a- don't mind that if, if your quarterback's playing like garbage replace them I and mean, that's what happened last week but I mean, why can, why does it have to be? Foles comes in, plays better, and then well, now he's the starter for the rest of the way. It's it's kind of an odd thing, don't you think?
0: It is a little bit of an odd thing, like you and know, two
1: guys that are pretty equal.
0: I think it comes down to honestly. I think it comes down to weekly snaps. Like you have these really intricate. Yeah, plans. you have to
1: have one guy taking the snaps with the first team. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. And, and
0: the NFL, like the the MLB, you, you have more scouting reports than you did in like the 80s and stuff, but it's still a pitcher just throwing gas to a batter. To and, a catcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the, ca- the catcher, right. you know, he has like five different pitches he could do based on situation and scouting reports. In the NFL, you got five different things to do per player on the field. Right, you know? right. The offensive point. guard Fair has point. five different things to do. So the quarterback, it's a lot more complex, but – yeah, you know, for me, like Trubisky, my thing is like Trubisky never starts
1: well, so you can you can <laughs> right. chalk up a bad first half to Trubisky his entire career. I you mean can, the guys the guy was two and zero at that point, and you get pulled at being two and zero. I mean that says something.
0: It does, and but he's two and zero. Where with two, I think backup wins uh, or uh, like second half wins, they just pull him. get rid of him. I've I've been saying this for a while. Like why make the the move for Foles? You know what you get in Foles again. He's not a star in the league, but Trubisky, all he does. He uses his legs, which is nice, but all he does is just zero in on Alan
1: Robinson. I know, I know. No, there's He's, a game. God, it's Just the, the fact that the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes. I mean, how can a Bears or Deshaun even Watson, see
0: it? who we just talked about?
1: Yeah, or Deshaun, and
0: Watson. they traded up for him. I, I, I still can't believe they made that move because San Francisco didn't want a quarterback. They're like, ah, let let me give you something to move up that one spot. San Francisco, like, Are you sure we want a defensive lineman? They're like, no, 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 I want to trade up and get the quarterback. Just sit there, like Miami did this year. Like everybody was like, oh, uh, Miami, you got to trade up to number two to get Tua. Miami's like, yeah, we'll see if he. Eh, we like Justin Herbert. We'll see if he drops, and he dropped. Yeah. That's yeah. what, that is what happens in the draft. Sometimes you got to hold, yeah. you got to stick to your guns. But that was an awful trade. But anyway, Chicago. I do think they're on the right track, though. I think um, Nick Foles is better in this offense than Trubisky would be. I think in Nick Foles, you have more distribution of targets, which keeps defenses honest. Allen Robinson will still be good, but now yeah. Anthony Miller, who I think has been untapped potential his entire career gets a lot better as a second receiver. I don't think a lot A lot of people, like Bears fans know him. I don't know that a lot of people know who he is outside of maybe daily fantasy players. And sure. um, he's going to be a lot better. Jimmy Graham showed signs of life uh, with Nick Foles. I don't... Yeah, that's right. He
1: did, yeah. I don't so love Jimmy Graham. Glenn catching touchdowns.
0: I don't love him, but he's a lot better with a quarterback that can distribute the ball. So is he a game manager like a Kirk Cousins? Yeah, but he plays better in bigger moments than well, Kirk Cousins.
1: Well, I... I I wouldn't call him a game manager because Nick Foles will air it out. You're right. I think that that's fair. the difference, man. He will let it heave. Um he doesn't play with a lot of fear and he's not conservative. Mm-hmm. You know, like Fitzpatrick, he's right. not afraid to let it loose. They're kind of the same guys. So I do, I, I do. Agree from that, with that standpoint, it gives them more options down the field.
0: I think Foles is a slightly better version, slightly better version of Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I think for us, it's it sounds like a hot take, but that's not the spirit of this. I think they, I find them to be very similar because you get a little Jekyll and Hyde with both. You get a little, let's push the ball downfield. You get some of the gunslinger in both and some games, some games you're going to get two touchdowns, four interceptions with Foles. You will get you those. You know,
1: it looks like when you watch Trubisky, he's afraid. Right, like the like the game's a little bit too big for him. I agree. He's cautious and he's nervous and he's not making good decisions. Nick Foles, as as we have seen, he's not afraid. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not too much for him out there. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is not afraid to be out there, and he's just doing the best he can. That's and why I like, by okay. the way,
0: Gardner Minshew. That's why I like him a lot in, uh, right. in, he for, for Jacksonville. He plays the same way. He plays, he's, he, the same way. He, he's a ballsy guy. He'll push the ball downfield, and you need to do that in the NFL. It's like
1: Trubisky needs to get his head right or something. It's like he's always – you look at him, and you can tell yeah. that he's always kind of thinking, like, holy crap, i got to play well.
0: Yeah, I'm under pressure. Where's Allen? Where's Allen Robinson? Let me throw the ball right. to him. And that's, right. that is what happens – When he
1: gets in the game flow early,
0: and maybe that maybe some of this falls on Nagy's shoulders, maybe he could do a little bit better of of let me design a play to get you a five yard completion, get in rhythm.
1: Exactly. I mean, let's let's extract it a little bit. If you put, um, if you put him on the Patriots, do you think Bill Belichick is going to recognize that right away? And, and yeah, I do. he's obviously going to be better. Mitch Trubisky on the Patriots would be much better. Do you agree? I agree with that. I think Nagy might be a little overrated
0: from what he did in the first season. A lot of that first season, when they went to the playoffs, that was defense. Let's be re- let's be honest. That was like an all-decade type defense. Um then they lose uh, Fangio to the right. Broncos to be head coach. Right. Then Pagano takes over, who's nice, but there's an acclamation period. Defense isn't as strong. Bears finish; I, they might have been eight and eight ish. Mm-hmm. They were around mm-hmm. five hundred. I think they were eight and eight, maybe, maybe even nine and seven. They might have come back and, and finished last year. I can't remember. I know that obviously they were pretty good, around five hundred, but not a playoff team. This year, defense is better. Make the switch to Foles, and I said this before the season. Make the switch to Foles. I didn't predict them in the playoffs, but. Chicago's better than Minnesota at this point. The, the the switch to Foles, this could have an impact like Ryan Tannehill and the Titans last year. You move on from Mariota. It could.
1: It could. It could provide a locker room spark and give everybody hope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You yeah. got rid of this wet blanket issue of Trubisky, and now you just got a guy that you know can can sling it. Let me ask you
0: this did Mitch Trubisky beat Belichick in a Super Bowl? Exactly. I mean, Nick Foles. Exactly. You know, in the playoffs, you know he's going to win a game in the playoffs because yeah. he doesn't care. Uh, he might not win you a game, but you know he's not going to be scared and lose a game,
1: right? Because there's no pressure with him because everybody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that comes in when he needs to, and there's there's if he plays bad, there's no repercussion. You're he's right. not getting paid twenty million dollars, and you could read that on him. You know, he's just in there to to play the best he can.
0: Yeah, I think Maybe I Trubisky
1: can't handle the pressure of that pick.
0: I, yeah, and I'm I'm completely comfortable with with Foles laying an egg and th- going you know one touchdown, four interceptions. The the three weeks this season that he's going to do that because I know in the other at this point what ten more weeks left I guess if you're you're doing the math, the other ten weeks he's going to give me three and two, four and two, four and one, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He's going to do wow. this. That's what Nick Foles is. He's good enough Did to you, get the Nick- Bears to the playoffs. Didn't Nick Foles throw, like, six touchdowns a few years back?
1: Am I thinking of the right
0: guy? Yeah, I, I, like, he'll put up crazy numbers one week, and he'll get, he'll give you a bad week, but just don't freak out about it. I know, I know, you know? right, right. You remember, right. who was that guy, the Oregon head coach that became the Eagles head coach? Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. Foles was his quarterback, and, That's right. and he, I think he took Chip Kelly to the playoffs. Maybe it was yeah, Michael I Vick, I can't remember, but... It was right around that time, and we never have heard of Chip Kelly. I don't even know where he is. Maybe yeah, UCLA is he or doing? something.
1: Yeah, he probably went back to college. He did.
0: He went to the Niners for one year, and then and now he's in college. But Nick Foles was like keeping his career afloat. He's not uh-huh. a bad quarterback. He no. really isn't. Like he can, no. he can get Chicago with Chicago's defense. He can get them in the playoffs. I'm a little worried that Chicago loses Terry Cohen. Chicago's going to have to make a move for a pass-catching running back. That's not really David Montgomery's game. Plus, they need depth. Yeah. So there's going to be a move. But let me hit you with the line here. Uh, let's see here. Indianapolis, according to Bovada, is minus three against Chicago. What do you think? Indianapolis.
1: I think the Bears lose.
0: I'm going to, for the second straight pick, Brad, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Chicago. Okay. I believe okay. I believe in Nick Foles in this defense. I love Indianapolis. I do. And I think it's a field goal game. But I believe,
1: Sean, that when they put Nick Foles in, that... The defense wasn't prepared for Nick Foles. I, I think that they were really prepared for Trubisky. So it's like all of a sudden you got a guy that comes in there and he he throws changeups constantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think maybe that had something to do with the success. Now a team with a full week to look at what Nick Foles likes to do, I think they're going to have better success. And I don't think he has a lights out day like like you may be predicting.
0: I don't know about lights out, but with the defense and with the extra efficiency in the offense, I believe that Chicago wins the game, so I'll take the points there, but uh, I think it's a close one. I think these are two very similar teams, uh, or at least in terms of evenly matched teams. Maybe not similar, but evenly matched. Uh, Let's move it on here. We got Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns versus the Dallas Cowboys which I find to be an interesting matchup. So we saw what Cleveland did to uh, the Washington football team last week. And the big question, I, I can't remember if we talked about this. or I, No, we didn't because I did a, a deep dive by myself later. But Cleveland, you knew they were going to slam their heads against the Washington offensive line. The big question was, Could, can Washington, can they hold up to just constant pound, ground and pound? Sure. And, you know, ultimately they couldn't. You know, Cleveland's offensive line won the day in that battle. And that's interesting. Now, Dallas... Their back end is a sieve. They're giving up points to everybody. Oh, big, time. big time, and they need to fix that. I think Dallas is the best team in the NFC East at this point. But to, to me, I don't think they can challenge for a Super Bowl until they fix some of their secondary. But maybe they can coach that out. You don't know. But Dallas's run defense is pretty strong. Okay. So. I see Cleveland doing the same thing. Um I think that Odell Beckham's going to get and Jarvis Landry, they're going to get some over the top shots, but Cleveland's going to want to do what Cleveland does, which is run the ball. And I'm curious to see can Dallas, can that defensive line hold up? And I'm going to say this, I had more faith in Washington holding up than I do against Dallas because as good as their offense, their defensive line is, they don't have a ton of depth with respect to different teams around the NFL. What do you think? Sure.
1: You know, and and to your point, you called this I think I saw the other day that, that Cleveland is – or Baker Mayfield is 6-1 and one or 7-1 and one when he throws less than 23 times. Yeah. So the bread and butter of that offense is Nick Chubb.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, know? yes. Oh, and, it, yeah. and it makes
1: you think – I just want to say this – that if Baker was good and, and you know they have such a strong running game and they have these weapons at wide receiver, shouldn't they be putting up 37 points, 42 points? I mean they're stacked. Are they not? Um – Hard for me to oh, no, argue back against that. Oh Jarvis Landry, dude, what a combo that is! Yeah. those guys aren't playing very well at all. And now you know Odell's coming out saying, "Oh, I don't mind if I don't if I don't score touchdowns." All right, I appreciate that he sucks. to me in week eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I and I and I think that he wants to believe that. I really, yeah, do. I believe, yeah, yeah. I think he'd like that, but obviously, if he had to pick, he'd be scoring three touchdowns for 150 yards a game. I guess That's my cool. point is, is that. If they can manage to run the ball and stick with that and keep Baker from from throwing, and I'm talking about Cleveland, mm-hmm. then I think they're going to have a lot of success against Dallas because I don't think Dallas is worth the grain of salt at all. I, th- I I like
0: Dallas more, but I like them because their offense, man, their offense is getting chunk yardage, and Dak looks as good as he's ever looked. I think at this point, Dallas will pay him. I don't
1: think Dak. I don't think Dak is that great, man. I'm not, great. I'm not saying he's great.
0: I'm not saying he's great, but he's playing good? great.
1: I mean because he's he's got composure. I mean, what does he ever do? Well, Did his de- he's
0: he's taken a massive step forward early this season. But Devils advocate. Does he ever
1: he- I mean, we we I, I I think I said this last week. We see special all the time. Like Aaron Rodgers special, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson special, you know, Mahomes like Brady just Dominating with his decisions. So, what do we see from Dak ever? I think he's. I think
0: I think he's progressed this year. I think he played well against the Rams, who I think are underrated. Um, and Seattle, there. I mean, their back end was brutal. They're missing Adams, so they were able to get some stuff. But you know, he's really statistically taken an upswing. And I'm not a big stat guy for quarterback, but you know, he's. He's not shrinking in moments that maybe he would have like the 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 back and forth between him and Russell Wilson last week I thought was a really good positive sign right, for his development. I mean
1: uh, yes okay and he did compete but that last play where he threw that pick that bothered me okay. and I don't think I don't think anybody's talking about that enough. First of all it was a terrible play he managed to stay on his feet that was cool but it was only third down dude mm. and he had grass in front of him and there was about what 14 seconds left so essentially, he could have picked up yards on his yeah. feet and then went out of bounds, but he just heaved it up there, you know, and I, I I didn't like that. I thought that was a big mistake, and I think that he should have been criticized for it, but for some reason, nobody has.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You know, the, the interception kind of throwing the ball into double coverage, you did still have another play at your disposal. Um, but I'm, look, I'm not saying he's Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes and stuff. But I do elevate him above, or at least on par with a Matt Ryan, you know. And, and, all right, all right. Yeah, Would i Would like, you rather
1: have him or Nick Foles starting this week? Um, yeah, you for me, it's a coin flip. It. For you me, gotta, it's a coin see, flip. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a, that's a, a problem for a quarterback it. that's going to get 40 mil, right? And you know what I think is, is, is going on, it's just a theory, is that Dak, first of all, his name is very strong. Right. It's very powerful. Dak, Dak. Okay? it's It's got a presence to it. But also he composes himself very well. He's he's an adult, mm. you know, emotionally. He's got a lot of maturity, you know, and I think that's what people gravitate gravitate towards and rightfully so. He always says the right thing, you know. He comes across very well, and he's almost like a rock, so to speak. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of chaos when you look at Dak, but also I don't see a lot of special, and I've never seen it one time.
0: Here's the crazy I've never thing. Seen it. Here's the crazy thing. So, um, you know, the NFL salary caps dropping next year because of COVID and all this stuff It's dropping by a pretty decent margin. Um, and and I think the number, the floor, has already been there, and it's going to be the floor because the revenues are, it's going to drop. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dak. If the Cowboys want to pay him, it's gonna probably—I don't know—it's gonna be interesting because, like, if I were Dax agent, I—I maybe roll the dice for one more year. Dallas, I don't think can do anything more than transitional tag on him because financially, like, the—the—the the, the economics of football are gonna be against him because of the salary cap dip. So, Dak, though, on the open market, who can really pay him and who would pay him? Because there aren't a lot of quarterback vacancies at this point. Or everybody's like, a, let, me, let me get Dak for 40 mil. So, yeah, I actually there think there
1: used to be more vacancies. The quarterback play yeah. has really come about in the past few years.
0: That's why I think this Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson, who's the best prospect, everybody says, since Andrew Luck, you know, he's this one in a decade quarterback. Like, who's going to be there? Like, do, do the wheels fall off in Carolina to the point where they get the first overall pick? I think Carolina's going to win too many games. I think yeah. what, maybe the Jets, but then they have Sam Darnold. I know they'll wipe out their coaching staff, but do, do they want to draft a new quarterback and move on from Darnold? Then what do you do with him? It's going to be interesting. It wouldn't shock me if the number one overall team likes their quarterback. Like, they just have a rookie, and then they'll trade that quarterback for picks. That and So you might see a good team. You might see the Patriots for, like, once in their life spend the picks to move up because cam's only on a one-year deal sure it's gonna sure. be very interesting to see who does that but you know dallas dak are they gonna pay him aren't they i don't think dak on the open market wants to take any less than 40 mil guarantee for five years this is a 200 million dollar contract Could be i don't think he deserves it i wouldn't pay him
1: 40 mil i wouldn't no way i, I don't think he deserves it at all i think and the I think model if, if is he was going to be special if he was going to be special we'd see it by now this must be year five with dak it's Four, at least it's
0: been a while. Uh, if. Mm-hmm. Look, the, the formula is clear in the NFL. If you have a Lamar Jackson, if you have a Russell Wilson, if you have a Patrick Mahomes, and I don't even know that I elevate Jackson because he's got to show me more throwing the ball downfield and and bringing teams back in the last five minutes of the game if you're down by 10 points. Mm. But if you have Russell Wilson, you have Patrick Mahomes, you pay them the 40 mil, okay? Um, and if the quarterback is, is wise, they take 35 mil so that you can get an offensive line around you so that you can stay on your feet and throw the ball. But Dallas with these guys, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, these second tier guys, you pay them 40 mil. I know, you know, you're 10 and six and you're fighting to make the playoffs every year, but you're probably not going to make a run unless you get like lucky with, uh, yeah. you know, injuries and and all that. Let me hit you with the line on this one, man. Um, it'll be good. Cleveland this is, this might surprise you Bavada has Cleveland plus five and a half versus the Dallas Cowboys who you got
1: I like Cleveland there
0: yeah it's hard for me to um it's hard for me to go against Cleveland it's a lot of points it's a lot of points I think a lot of points I think Dallas wins a close one here because of their ability to pass and I want to see ba- I think Baker Mayfield's gonna to have to beat Dallas passing and that could very well happen with Dallas's secondary their issues right now but I think I think Dak outplays um, uh, Baker and with respect to the running game I think Cleveland will have to move away from the running game a little bit more because of the frequency of points that Dallas can put up so I think it's a mismatch issue I like um, Cleveland actually as as a team in their season I like what they're doing but I think they lose a close one either way it's within five and a half points so I'll take Cleveland no problem there all right. Let's see. Next game on the list, we have. Ooh, here's a night. Nice, actually, let me do the not so nice one. Let's save the best two for last. We got a Monday night fo- or Sunday night football, I think. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. In a game that, if, when the schedule came out, you're like, ooh, let's circle that one. That'll be a good one. Um, but San Francisco injuries across the board, Philadelphia injuries across the board. What I want to talk about is Carson Wentz is not looking good.
1: What happened to him?
0: I don't know. What I was talking. Going on over there? You know, Fantasy Football Almanac show. Dave and I were talking. David was telling me that there's some rumors behind the scenes. Like nobody's talking to Wentz on the sidelines. There might be some stuff. He, his theory I'm is still that still with that, still with, with that, that we right? This
1: two years ago,
0: right? And they got what the second. This deal? I don't know, man. They got the second round quarterback. I think um, Jalen Hurts. Guys don't like him. I think so.
1: I it think might. Be so. It.
0: And there's always turmoil too with the coaching staff. It's almost like Philadelphia is an unhealthy organization. I know, top to I bottom. Know. Outside I mean, of the ownership, I think their 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 front office is fine, but Doug Peterson and Schwartz, they're always like at ends with each other. It seems like Carson
1: Wentz just is not playing ball. Yeah, I don't these like guys the don't offense. Don't like them, and and also you'd have to think that an offense would have to like their leader yeah and if if they don't they're not going to want to play hard for him or at the very least if they don't like him as a person or his personality they still better respect him because I you know there were there were some receivers back in the day that didn't necessarily like Aaron Rodgers you know rumors right Mm -hmm. but but I don't think they ever disrespected him I think they always thought of him as a true leader and Mm -hmm. respected that about him yeah, and, I, and maybe these guys on Philadelphia are like, this guy's a pots this guy's a tool, it, and maybe subconsciously they they don't try as hard for him. Who knows?
0: Yeah, and there was there were issues reported issues with his leadership too, like him showing favoritism and you know looking for like one guy, namely Zach Ertz um, right, on the that's field. Right, yeah, you know, and it doesn't help that this team can never find an answer at wide receiver. Somebody's always hurt. Like they can't do anything on the outside. So this offense is basically turned into two tight ends. Who, by the way, Dallas Goddard's hurt now. Two tight ends and a running back and maybe a pass-catching running back. I don't like the offensive system, what it's melded into, although it's hard for me to criticize Peterson because you got to look at the personnel. They had uh, some losses in, in terms of, like, cuts and everything. Their situation in the cap is worse next year. I think things are getting bad for Philadelphia at this point. Meanwhile, San Francisco, same issue with injuries. They're always injured. You lose both you lose Solomon, in two first round. Yeah. Um, and they still come out and dominate. Now, yes, it was the Giants and the Jets two weeks in a row, but they still dominate. Still. They're down to their third and fourth running backs, dominating in the run game. They don't they have their starting receiver. They're still getting stuff in the passing. George Kittle's right. been hurt for the last two weeks. They're still getting, and then Jordan Reed went out last game. They're still getting productivity from Ross Welly. Top to bottom, there's like, it's next man up, and they're always playing well.
1: Yeah, yeah, So always.
0: I look at these teams, it's just like they're kind of in similar positions personnel-wise. San Francisco's always hurt, but they're always winning. Philadelphia's hurt, and they're always struggling.
1: Yeah, different culture. No one's ever talking about how they don't like each other on the on the Niners. You know, you just put mm-hmm. a new guy in, and, and they're, they're running the system. And I didn't even
0: mention show. Garoppolo. Garoppolo's out, and they're, they're winning with the backup quarterback
1: in Mullins. Exactly, exactly. And, I, you know, I think they're going to win again this week. But, I, you know, Wentz, okay, so the, his receivers aren't there, and, and the players are hurt. Well, I'm sorry, but maybe 29 other teams are facing that same thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, he's just been inept. He's maybe he's got the lowest QBR in the league to this point.
0: Yeah, it's not so good. Let me hit you with the line on this one, man. You got the Philadelphia Eagles plus six, according to Bovada versus the San Francisco 49ers. Who you got? Niners. I, I take the Niners too. I think it's, um, I think it's hard to pick Philadelphia at this point. When I wrote down the score, I look at these, I write down my own scores before looking at the lines. That way they don't sway me like subconsciously or anything. I wrote down twenty six to six. I, Philadelphia, yeah, yeah. they're reeling. Losing Goddard hurts them even more. I like Greg Ward, you know, to to step up. But you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers here. They're gonna get healthy.
1: Let's talk about this real quick. That yeah. year that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, right? The mm-hmm. year that he beat Bill Belichick, right? Mm-hmm. They were stacked. It was a great, great roster. And so I last time they were that, healthy. <laughs> okay, okay, fair yeah. enough. But I believe that year Wentz was.
0: Four and four
1: before he got hurt. No, no, no. That
0: was the year that Wentz was really balling out, and he tore his like ACL. I think it was against was it? the Rams. Yeah, they, they were they were really good that year, the Eagles. And then okay, then I'm mistaken. Yeah, it, that it wasn't that season. It wasn't that season, okay. and he came out, and um, and then Foles took over, and yes, everybody I remember it now. Yes, yeah, yes, correct. Okay. Yep. Cool. Uh right, let's move it on here. We got two games left. We want to talk about. I love this one. We talked about Buffalo last week. The Buffalo Bills versus Las Vegas Raiders. I find to be a fascinating matchup. You know, I wanted to see what the Rams were going to do against the Bills and vice versa last week. So, um, you know, we talked about that. It was a fun game to watch. I had it on the TVs. I did a reaction video and and all that stuff. It was a lot of fun. But what I noticed in that Buffalo game is, look, we've seen two weeks in a row now with Miami and and with the Raider uh, with the Rams with scoring. Um, they're scoring more on the Buffalo Bills defense than you would normally think they would. There are holes here. I still think they're good in the secondary, especially on the outsides. Um, it's hard for receivers to produce against this team. But over the middle, I could see Buffalo was keying in, trying to stop Tyler Higby. Daryl Henderson ran over this team. And so if I see that, it's kind of a similar formula. Now, I don't think the Raiders are as talented as the Rams are receiving-wise. Um, right. Maybe if, if Ruggs comes back, I don't know how bad his injury was that kept him out last week. I don't know if he can come back this week. But they kind of have nothing on the outside at this point, except for Hunter Renfro, um, who I like. But, I mean, come on, you're not... Scared of Hunter Renfro, you're not. Um, but you have Darren Waller, who I think the Bills will try to lock down, similar to what they did against uh, the Rams last week. But then you have Josh Jacobs and Gruden coaching. And if there's an opportunity here, Jacobs could go for 150. I know the mm. the, the, the the Bill. I'm sorry. I know the Bills will be more keyed in on stopping Jacobs. But I see this as strength for strength. Now, meanwhile, Buffalo. What have they been doing? They've been pushing the ball downfield. We talked about Stefan Diggs earlier in this show. John Brown might be hurt, but I like Gabriel Davis, the, that rookie. He looks pretty good. We'll see if John Brown's back or not. I'm not sure. I think Singletary will be used a little bit more this week. But the the Raiders, they have a more talented secondary than you think. Like, I think Buffalo fans are probably looking at this thinking, oh, we're going to pass all day on the Raiders. And I think the Raiders fans probably watching this are thinking, okay, go ahead and pass. We'll see what happens with Abrams and these dirty, you know, uh, cornerbacks and lineback- or, uh, defensive backs that are just playing. I haven't, dude. They're so fast, Brad. I don't know if you've seen uh, a lot of Raiders this year. They play so fast in the secondary. Yeah, yeah. And Josh Allen's got a gun for an arm, and I love what Brian Dable does. I think these are two very well coached offenses. I think, um, although everybody thinks of the Bills' defense being the better and superior defense in this matchup, I don't think they're playing up to their potential. Up to what we're used to seeing them play and I think the Raiders are a little bit better than you think they are defensively they
1: really frustrated Cam Newton last week yeah yeah I agree man I think the Raiders we're going to see them in the playoffs I think they're going to be one of those teams you know every year where mm-hmm. a team from last year that didn't make it gets in there you know kind of yep. like a Tennessee and I think we're going to see them there this is an excellent matchup I like this one because Buffalo like we called mm-hmm. is balling balling but even more so than I ever imagined and maybe you as well
0: yeah I thought look I thought that Josh Allen would improve as a quarterback in terms Terms of efficiency, I think I, I've been saying this all offseason. It sounds like a broken record. I think he was like fifty-seven, fifty-eight percent completion percentage. I said, get that per- completion percentage up to sixty-three percent. And this team is a is right. a twelve and four team. It's just improve, that simple.
1: Yeah, improve isn't the word, man. The guy's been been special, crazy right? good. Seen that from crazy good, making making incredible decisions and lighting it up,
0: lighting it up, throwing dimes. I mean, in a pressure situation, that throw to Beasley on the sideline was insane. Yeah, Dropped yeah, it in there, right. and what so what I was thinking is what I was expecting coming into the offseason. <clears throat> you know, with the addition of Diggs, I thought okay, Diggs and Brown will be good. Compliments for one each other on the the outside. I was thinking that this team to create efficiency for Josh Allen was going to be using Cole Beasley a little bit more in the slot um, and Devin Singletary a little bit more in the backfield. What they've done is they've doubled down on this downfield approach with Stephon Diggs, and he's... Dude, Allen is throwing dimes. I don't know what he did this offseason, but I didn't... I thought there would be progression there, but he has significantly progressed this year. But... I really think the Raiders match up well against this passing attack. I think this is a great matchup.
1: Yeah, And
0: it, it really, to me, the whole the whole game comes down to, because I think the Raiders, I think Allen will throw a pick or two this week that he might not otherwise throw. Um, I think this game comes down to running. Will the Bills stick with Devin Singletary, maybe use him a little bit more? Because I think over the top will be a little bit more closed down than the Bills are used to seeing so far this season. And I think they will. I love Dable as an offensive coordinator, and I think he's going to get some head coach interviews at the end of the season. How could he not? He's he's calling great games. And Gruden, you know he's going to stick to the run. Can Buffalo withstand it for four quarters? Because I think it'll be a close enough game where you're, we're going to get four quarters of Josh Jacobs. Is this going to be like a five-yard per carry Josh Jacobs game? Is it going to be a four-yard per carry Josh Jacobs game? If the Bills defense can hold Jacobs under under four yards per carry, but um, the Bills win if he's
1: at like four four and a half i say the raiders win that's how i see it yeah i think you know last week one big thing for them that we haven't mentioned yet is um the bills could have gotten down on themselves you know they started to let that that game get away from them and they still managed to pull it out and i think that's going to be huge psychologically for them yes yeah you know you let let yourself know that you can go through tough times and win man that's a big deal and I love,
0: so Alan. when the momentum had shifted, that was a BS pass um, or uh, interception call. It was like the worst interception call I've seen in years. It was right. pathetic. Terrible. Um, terrible. Al Riveron, you got Riverons. I mean, and what's going to be frustrating, Bills fans, is you're going to see another game this season where that exact thing's going to happen. And Riveron will be like, oh, no, of course not. No interception because he just flips a coin every time. I think he has a magic eight ball up there. It's just sure. it's awful. Sure. I know awful. he's the worst. Awful. We've been talking about this for two years. He's just the worst ever officiating head in the NFL in NFL history. He's awful. Uh, but anyway, after the interception. Um, the Rams just start balling out, the momentum had shifted. Allen was pressing. You remember last year when we were kind of snickering in that Tennessee game when he did that like that the lateral and we were we were yeah, like, What is yeah. he doing? You know? He's going he's going a little crazy. Well, he wasn't that level, but he was pressing a little bit. And I love Buffalo. They just they started working a little bit of easy stuff with Devin Singletary. Let's get you back in the groove. And then boom, Buffalo comes down, scores a touchdown, wins the game. Great. Character building, like you said, love it. Let me hit you with the line here, man. So let's see. Uh, Bavada has Buffalo minus three at the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Mm, I'm gonna go Raiders.
0: I'm gonna go Raiders too. I think Raiders in an <clears throat> in an upset, and you know the, the the inclination here, of Bills fans, give us more respect. Blah blah blah. I have the Bills, you know, in my my power rankings as a top five, top four team. How much more respect do you want? I just think that this is a matchup. I think that they're just gonna hammer. Josh Jacobs time and time again. And when the Raiders are within a score in the fourth quarter, within one score, and I think that's going to be the case, Josh Jacobs starts getting six yards a clip because just the defensive line is gassed by that point. So I think the Raiders can take advantage. Um, Carr obviously needs a clean stat sheet, but he's throwing 70%. He's not taking chances downfield, but I think you know the Bills, that's not what you're going to do against the Bills anyway. You're going to play ball control, and, and Carr can do that. I think Rams win in an upset 26-24. Um, but look, Buffalo, you're still my, you're still my team. I love you. Brad and yeah. I like Buffalo quite a bit. We think this Absolutely. is a mismatch. Um, not a mismatch. We think it's a matchup issue for, for the Bills, and we could be damn wrong. Who cares? But the Raiders are pretty good. I predicted them in the playoffs, man. Come on. These are two good teams playing. I'm looking forward to it. I have 26-24. I'll take the points here. Vegas covers the spread. Next game on the list, last game on the list here, we have the New England Patriots versus the Ooh. Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, fantastic. Um, speaking about the Raiders, uh, who we just finished up that segment, I thought they did a fantastic job, their secondary, closing up and frustrating Cam Newton as a passer last week. And this is what you get with the Patriots. You know, I say probably 30 other teams in the league lose that game. The Patriots coaching staff is like, mm, it's not working today, let's switch to something else. Yeah. And so what the, what the Patriots did the The Raiders again this under, uh, underrated secondary they're closing up the seam routes the deep middle which Cam has been doing and they were doing a good job of limiting deep um, sidelines and so you could almost think of it. I don't think they were playing cover three but you know they were basically eliminating the deep part of the field Cam Newton wasn't doing well <clears throat> distributing the ball right, and right. and the Rams were I'm sorry the Raiders were limiting him rushing so he didn't have a good passing day a strong passing day um, like he did against the Seahawks but. Running the ball, he wasn't having a great running day either. So what did the Patriots do? They said, "eh, let's just start running the ball with the running backs and ditching yeah. the ball over to Rex Burkhead." Yeah, right. Win the game. It's
1: New England at its finest.
0: Let's let's it's New it, England
1: at its finest.
0: Quarter and a half into the game, ah, let's switch our game plan. Let's throw that out the window. Let's try this. And okay,
1: so let let me just say this. I think maybe this is one of the one of the rare games where coaching is about equal and maybe game plan has less to do game plan and strategy will have less to do in this game and it will come down to can the defensive players of the patriots keep up with the offensive players of the the chiefs Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i think this game is going to come down mostly to talent versus talent and and who who just plays better you know because i think to, to my point, if I'm trying to explain myself, New England wins a lot of ballgames because they're smarter.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, yep.
1: because they can strategize better and prepare better than you and make mm-hmm. like, adjustments better than you. But I don't think that's going to matter this week. I agree. Can those, D, right, can those DBs of New England keep up with the show that is Kansas
0: City? This is the one. This is the one coaching matchup where I, I I still give the edge to Belichick. But it's the one coaching matchup. Look, you, you know what New England does defensively? They take away your best rece- your, your your best player. They take away your best player and they make you go to your secondary options. Andy Reid has historically, within the last like 15 years, been the one offensive coordinator that says. Okay, you want to take away, let's say Travis Kelsey this week. You want to take away Travis Kelsey. You think he's the cog, and that's that. And that's the thing with the the Chiefs. You don't know which one, which one. You know Belichick's going to key in. Is it going to be Tariq Hills? Is sure. it going to be Travis Kelsey? Um, is it going to be Edward Eller or somebody like that? What's he going to do? Right. So what Andy Reid does, and I haven't seen a single other offensive coordinator do this. Maybe outside of the Shanahan's back when Mike Shanahan was in. Like I'd put maybe them on 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 Reid's level and I would not put McVay on this level at this point, who I who I like. Maybe Sean Payton could do it too, but I'm saying it's a very small window. They'll say, okay, I'm gonna show you something a little bit different that you haven't seen in the last 10 years of watching film yeah. on me, Bill, and I'm gonna scheme Travis Kelsey open in a key situation. Like he'll disappear for 59 snaps on that 60 right. of snaps. He'll get a, a back-breaking third and 13 conversion or a third and 10 goal line thing that you just never seen with Travis Kelsey. And that's what Andy Reid can do to Bill Belichick that like, no other coaching staff can. So you know Belichick isn't going to be outcoached. It's a matter of whether or not, um, from a strategy standpoint, he can be equaled. And there are so very few people. Shoot, I mean, um, Bill Walsh, I guess the godfather of today's offensive schemes, right? He had trouble with Belichick and the Giants back yeah. in the day. So He's number one. He's it, man. He's it. So I agree with you, man. Like, we know that, to me, this week, Cam Newton's going to have to run. He's going to have to run, and uh, New England— going to have to do a lot of things. Yeah, he is. And New England's going to try to play ball control, and I think they'll have some success with that. But we saw that game plan last night with Baltimore. We know it's going to happen. It's a little bit different because Cam is a bigger quarterback, so he can be more physical, Uh, but he's also not as fast as as Lamar Jackson.
1: Exactly, exactly. I think that if New England gets down, it's it's not going to be good for them. Right?
0: I'm curious to see what Cam
1: Newton does because he's going to have to put up passing yards. Well, that's exactly right. So if he gets down and they have to start throwing, then how good is Cam Newton? Hmm. We see that Cam Newton is is very productive within the, the strategy and the system hmm. of New England. Mm-hmm. But if they're down you know fifteen points with 11 minutes left and they they kind of have to start getting after it, then what is he? I don't know we haven't seen it yet have we you? haven't we
0: haven't seen it yet <clears throat> we're we we're going to be four games in this week, so we'll get some answers, which is what I'm kind of looking forward to right as yeah. a better I, I I don't know I have a hard time making a pick in this game in terms of actually <laughs> putting money down it's more of a I'm curious to see what happens um so i'll I'll really be all over this game watching it let me hit you with the line on this one man. Bavada has New England plus seven
1: versus Kansas City. <sighs> New England seven-point underdogs. Mm-hmm. That is wild. I got to go Kansas City, man.
0: Kansas City. You, you know the stat, man. Belichick, whenever he's an underdog, he covers like 85%. I, I know. Wrote it's
1: a silly pick,
0: but before... I just
1: watched this guy Mahomes last night, dude. I just watched this magician, and it's <laughs> he's like, what? so good. He's so good. good. I've never seen that. He's so so good, yeah. It's where it's coming from.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, it's a tough one for me. I wrote down the score 24-20, to so I'm going to take New England in the points here, but I think Kansas City wins the game. Again, I'm just more interested to watch this matchup. It's a lot of fun. All right, so that's the, the full boat of the kind of the deeper dives. Let's go in, Brad, um, and clean this up. Let's go through the rest of the games here. Uh, starting with Thursday night, Bavada has Denver minus 3 versus the Jets. Who do you got? Denver. Yeah, me too. Uh, Arizona, Bavada has minus 4 versus the Carolina Panthers.
1: Arizona bounces back.
0: I agree with that as well. Baltimore, Bavada has it minus 14 versus Washington.
1: Ooh, I'm gonna do something I rarely do. I'm gonna take Baltimore.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of points to lay, right? Yeah, we agree, man. I don't think I don't think Haskins is good enough to put up points. Yeah, and I think, I think this Baltimore dominate. run game will dominate. Yeah, they the, dominate. Yeah, they dominate. I agree. There, I agree. I don't love laying the points, but this is the rare case where I would. Uh, next game, we have Jacksonville according to Bavada plus three versus Cincinnati. Ooh,
1: Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, me too. We're. Yeah. Uh, We're going tit for tat here. Uh, Let's see here. The Los Angeles Chargers plus 7.5 according to Bovada versus the Tampa Bay Bucs.
1: Buccaneers keep rolling, man.
0: (laughs) I agree with you. I don't like laying 7.5. I don't like the over-a-touchdown differential here, but I'm going to go Tampa, man. It looks like Brady's finally kind of locked in here, and... You know Tampa Bay's defense is every bit as good as the Chargers' defense, and Justin Herbert, if he's going to play again, it's going to be tough. I, I I just don't think the Chargers can score enough points to keep up. And I say defense versus defense is pretty similar there. Uh, let's see New Orleans according to Bovada minus three and a half versus Detroit.
1: New Orleans for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree Big with time. that. Bet of the week. Three and a half is a kind line in that one. Oh yeah. Look, I like I like that Stafford has Galladay back and all that. I I get it, but. You know, New Orleans, even without Michael Thomas, they'll be fine. Breeze, Bray, he went through, like, six quarters of, like, trying to find his way without Michael Thomas in the second half. He finally figured it out against Green Bay. I like I like New Orleans in this game. Next game, one I th- considered talking about, um, but not so much. Uh, let's see. Pittsburgh, according to Bavada, plus one versus Tennessee. Hmm, Tennessee. I took Pittsburgh in this game. But, man, actually, what I did is I went with the points. I thought I wrote down the score 24 24. I reconciled that whoever was getting the points in this matchup is who I'd take. Pittsburgh's getting the point, so I'll take Pittsburgh, and that's really just the risk.
1: Yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh is that good yet, and I think that the combined record of their opponents is zero and nine or something like that.
0: Yeah, I I agree, but I think Tennessee hasn't reached their potential yet either. I think Tennessee's defense is much better. I think Pittsburgh's offense is much better than we've gotten mm. so far. And by the way, Pittsburgh's defense is, can play a little bit better too. So I agree with you, Brad. I think I think Pittsburgh isn't quite there. I think Tennessee's not quite there. So we might get both of their best efforts this week. You know, who who comes off the bus willing to you know? I think Tennessee play. dominates
1: Pittsburgh. We'll I think see. they kind of punch him in the mouth. I don't it think would that, not shock me. Would not yeah, shock me. I don't think at Pittsburgh's all. been challenged at all this year. They, okay, so they beat the Texans, and that was a good win. But the other two wins were Giants and Broncos, and yeah. they were great victories. Yeah, you're right. Just saying, you're right. You're right.
0: It's very, very compelling point, Mr. Brad. And you did Thank call you. Pittsburgh as your upset pick to make the Super Bowl this year, so you're not I throwing did. shade I, against Pittsburgh. But no, it I'm is not, what we but see. I
1: think this will be an opener for them, an eye opener.
0: Yep. Seattle, according to Bovada, minus seven against the Miami Dolphins. Seattle. Yeah, I like Miami. I think they're better than we think, but it's Seattle. Russell Wilson wow. still on pace to throw for over 70 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns in his first three games. I honestly, Brad, think Russell Wilson throws for 60 touchdowns this year. Honestly. Yeah, I, I think see he breaks that. the record. I'm not, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. Uh, New York Giants, Bavada has it plus 13 against the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. It's hard for me to go, like Daniel Jones, without Saquon Barkley, that was the biggest gut punch. It's like that whole offense doesn't have an identity. This team doesn't nothing, have an identity. Nothing. Rams coming off a loss, a late loss, and the Rams offense is legit. The defense is better. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. I take the Rams. I don't like the points. Brad and I took Baltimore uh, minus 14, and we're taking Rams minus 13, but it is what it is. Uh, Buffalo minus, oh, we just did that one. You took, uh, you took the, the Bills in that one, right, Brad? Yes, I did. Okay, and then we got uh, the last game of the week, Monday Night Football. Atlanta, according to Bavada, plus seven and a half versus
1: Green Bay. Ah, uh, this one scares me. This is trap game written all over it. But I gotta, I gotta stay consistent. Green Bay.
0: I wrote down Green Bay, but what scares me is it's seven and a half, and it's Atlanta's half point that, that half point, and it's Atlanta's offense. It's like I know, I know, and they've they been in ball. all close
1: games. And it's weird about green bay's defense. It's like, "Well, we'll let you score 34 as long as we score 42." Yeah, right. right? Like it's okay if you score 28 right. as long as we have 35. They always kind of seem to play it that way. I don't know why. Then you got Aaron
0: Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers versus the Atlanta secondary though on the other side. You know, right. it's right. it's going to be a high-scoring game. Start your fantasy players, start your daily fantasy players, just load them up. Anyway, I think that's that man um yeah anything else for the week before we uh sign off here um
1: i think that's it my man all right hey i had every- something to say and i lost it yeah it <laughs> something i'm sure power. it was profound whatever it was it, it was it was going to change the world
0: sorry guys <laughs> sorry world peace we had it. COVID we was going to be figured, I out. It figured out you had the economy figured out everything I had it all down. I you started. had it all down just yeah. completely yeah you started thinking about boobs and it all went out the window, right?
1: Exactly. I always keep the pen next to your shot. <laughs> it's there
0: you go. On that note, everybody go out, make some bets, get paid. You want to get paid? Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling, we the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday, cause the team right here know the game the most. Rub shot town to the Florida coast. Got swag, got butter with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy for the almanac. So quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real. Whatever you win, you're gonna wish this podcast never end. Now get ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.